And welcome to episode 16 of Soccer Spotlight on WQSU The Pulse, 88.9 FM, on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. I'm your host, Anthony Heller, alongside Ryan Campbell, as always. And uh, a week that had no shortage of drama, no shortage of controversy. And there's there's one game that stands out above the rest, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Well, there's two games that come to mind, but... The biggest one is Manchester United and Liverpool. What a turn of events. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I'm a Liverpool fan. We all know that. Um, yeah. I say it probably every episode. Uh, I did not see that coming. I did not see that coming either. If you would have told me before the game that that would have been a squirrel line, I would have told you there's no way. I would have told you maybe we should go check you in to the doctor and maybe look at your brain because – Something might be wrong with you, but wow. Yeah, now, uh, coming into that game, I was thinking, you know, I think we could, w- I thought we could have won that game. Yeah. You know, I thought we should have expected to win that game. It's it's United at Anfield. We should always be winning that game. Yeah, I get that. Um, But not this way. But not like that. I would have said maybe 2-1 coming into the game. That was my prediction. It was 2-1. And, uh, you know, once we got that first goal, um, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, this is just going to be an average game. And then... The two quick goals in the second half, then, mm-hmm. then it's just an onslaught and seven nil. Yeah, I have to say though, there's a couple of things I want to say. First of all, this shouldn't be unexpected from United. Remember, four zero, Brentford, six three City, seven zero Liverpool. This is what Man United have shown us this season, and even going back to last season, five season no- with Brighton. Yeah, 4-0 Brighton, 4-0 Liverpool, 5-0 Liverpool, 4-1 City. This has been expected from City and we, I mean, from United. And this, to be honest, I wasn't that surprised because I just looked back at all these results. Yeah, they're a good team. They're probably going to make top four, but these results happen in United where they get slaughtered. Sometimes you just need a, like, 2-0, 3-0. When they hit three or four in this game, especially, even five, I'll give them a five. Shutdown shop, just defend everyone at, Back behind the ball and don't let any other goals up to let up seven now. Seven. Here's the thing. Like I think, uh, on that note, I think one nil, two nil. You're fighting to get back in this game. You're still something. One nil. You're still fighting for a win because the game's the game's not over. Two nil. You're fighting. The idea is get at least a draw. Three mm-hmm. nil. It's damn. Three nil and above. It's damage limitation. Three nil. You can maybe get back in game depending on how far the game is. But when I hit. F- when it hits four and five, there's no comeback, and I'm just like, what are they doing? I think I think at three nil, it's damage limitation. If you get it back to three one, now mm-hmm. you go on and 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 play like you're down two. Mm-hmm. But I think three nil four like three nil four nil. Now you're full damage limitation mm-hmm. mode. Don't let it get out of hand, because you'll take a four nil loss over a seven nil loss. A four nil loss, you can still bounce back from. Seven nil loss, I think is going to be much different. That's of course. And then Bruno, too. Like, I had to talk about Bruno. As captain, Casemiro, Varane, and the team. And you give it to Bruno. It's ridiculous. Take the captain away from him. Absolutely. Strip Absolutely. Him. Strip him. Give it to Casemiro. Casemiro is a warrior, a champion. He's a winner at all levels. Yeah. I'm Bruno Fernandez. Bruno Fernandez was incredibly lucky not to be sent off. Yeah. And, and on that note, so was Lissandro Martinez. But there's more players you give it to than Bruno, though. That's one. But yeah, when you see Bruno having the captain's art band, I look at a player like Varane. Varane has won everything that possibly you could win in football. Euros, 
World Cups, Champions Leagues, La Liga titles. Varane has done everything. Copa del Reyes. He's Varane. won. I mean, he's won a lot. Yeah, he's played for Real Madrid too. The pressure to play for Real Madrid over any other club and to be at the highest level for how long he has been is amazing to me. And you give it to Bruno. I don't it's care. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yes. If I'm Ten Hag, I would draw Bruno, strip it from the captain's R being put on Varane next game and show the team this is what Lee looks like. This is what all you guys need motto be like. Say what you will, McGuire. But he's he's a He's not obviously he's not a United caliber player, mm-hmm. but he is. He was a much better captain than Bruno has been. Yeah. And also Anthony too. I'm tired of him to be honest. Well, I shouldn't say I'm tired. He still has time to change, but he doesn't track I, back. He do, he just does not track back. When I hear people compare him to Saka and say why can't Anthony do things Saka does? Saka tracks back. Saka doesn't do the things Anthony does. When I look at Anthony, he does all these things off the balls, all these little tricks. Yeah, they're cool and stuff. But at the same time, he doesn't take God's own really like how Saga does. He doesn't create really. No, I mean he's he's just not on the level of of the elite wingers. Saka, Salah, Messi, I think are all in that category. I think we're at the point where mm-hmm. Messi is in the same category as Saka and Salah. No, I think Saka is in the same category now that we're seeing as Salah and Messi. But Anthony, I don't think. When I look at him right now, no, I don't think he's at that lot. level. I don't think he's at that level. Eighty-eight million or whatever it was for him. Ninety-six. Ninety-six. Oh my god! It's, it, it was a bad spend. It was because Ten Hag wanted him and Ajax knew and they schmoozed him. Really, ninety-six million for this guy. Ninety-six million. Ninety-six million for him. A guy that just flops, moans all the time, doesn't track back, and really contributes nothing to the team. You know, I saw this one uh, United fan similar like does a similar YouTube mm-hmm. thing to Mark Goldridge, saying that just kept on calling Darwin Nunez a hundred million pound flop. For the record, Darwin Nunez was sixty eight million, mm-hmm. while just completely ignoring Anthony, who was ninety six million and actually has flopped. And because the Darwin Nunez flop thing is ridiculous, it's mm-hmm. beyond me. Yeah, he's not a great finisher, but he's got all the tools. He could work. If he, he could work. Finishing is the easiest thing to work on. He has everything that he needs. He has the phys- physically, he's one of the best physical strikers in the world. He's really fast. He's faster. Th- he's faster than Holland, mm-hmm. and he has the same. In- he has a similar instinct. Like he just, and he's more involved in the buildup. Mm-hmm. He has everything he needs to be a world class striker. He mm-hmm. just has to figure out the finishing. I totally get that. I think if United was not having this good of a season, then when the trophies that they won, Anthony would have been considered a big flop, and and everyone at United would be on Anthony right now. Yeah, absolutely. I even had to throw blame at Ten Hag. These results, these three results that have happened, I can't look at. I team think anymore. this one is partially fall, on Ten Hag. It falls on Ten Hag too, because you should have shut up shop. You should never get a captaincy to Bruno. I don't and, know what he said at halftime, but it did not work. Yeah. They were down 1-0. Come on. 1-0 at halftime. To stop six and six in the second half. And he didn't close up shop either. And also the other thing, too, is that why did you not play Rashford on Alexander Trent Alexander-Arnold's side? I didn't get that. Yeah, that was that That just did not make sense to me. We, we knew Anthony was probably going to be taken out of the game by Robertson, and he was. 
Um, but if I was Tanak, I would have played Marcus Rashford. Uh, but I would have had on, let on, Rashford on. run at Trent because Trent is Liverpool's. The, it, Trent, that's the area. Trent commits f- further forward than Robertson. And Trent also could be caught out defensively. And Trent has defensive lapses. And when I saw that, I was just like, "What are you doing?" If I'm the, if I'm Ten Hag, I tell them, "Go at Trent Alexander Arnold all times. Look for Marcus Rashford until Liverpool proved that they could stop it. Go to that every time. Don't even care about Anthony." I think the thing is why Trent was getting exposed so much was that he was next to Gomez. I think I think Gomez just made him look a lot worse than he actually is. I think mm-hmm. I think when he's next to Kanate, when it's Van Dyke and Kanate in the middle, Trent looks a much better player. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about Liverpool now because what we saw from the front three was absolutely incredible. Incredible. They all scored two, and then Firmino came on and he scored. In the midfield too. The mi- this looked like the old Liverpool team. This looked like this. I mean, this was vintage Liverpool. This is what I expect for the rest of the season on from now. I, I expect I think, this I think we can't expect anything less if, if we want the Champions League. Because what I saw from United, the third-place team right now, you took it to United, third-place team. The United that just came off being Barcelona. Although it's in the Europa League, that's still Barcelona, who's first in La Liga. You guys took it to them. I don't I don't want to expect anything less because Liverpool showed, showed in that game. They have what it takes to even be champions to make a three-horse race with them. United, I mean, the I think United, are, United are out of the title race. United are out the tower. I don't Liverpool, think United were ever really in the title race. They weren't ever really it, in. Liverpool are they're closer to Liverpool than they are to. But Man's what it. I saw from what I saw from that game made me think this could have really been a three horse race this season. If Liverpool hadn't started so poorly, they they would absolutely be in the title race. Because I'm now I look at this and I'm just like, come on, because you guys had to take it back, take it to Real Madrid, take it the rest of the season. Because when you guys child to Etihad, take it to City, take it to Arsenal at Anfield. Take it at all these rest of the teams the way you guys did. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we've seen Liverpool at Anfield is the hardest game to win in the mm-hmm. Premier League. But Yeah, but also they had to take it everywhere they go, though. Because this Liverpool, what I've seen, Klopp has to tell them, this is the, our standards, this is what it can't drop below. Yeah, I mean, they, they have to set a precedent. That's that's where they want to be, and it's exactly what they want. Because mm-hmm. top four is achievable for when we saw. If if you play like that, you can beat anyone. You can ab- you can batter anyone. They could, if they play like that, they could win the Champions League. If if you can beat United seven 0 you can beat Real Madrid four 0 So I think it's still on. I think it's still on. I think it's. Bayou. I think you you also have to acknowledge how badly United played. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I do think Liverpool. It's a very small chance anything happens. But you still have to take it. But I, I'm not going to call the tie over. It's football. You take it because you could go to the Bernabeu and smash Real Madrid. Real Madrid could be got at. We have seen it in La Liga after the games. Atletico Madrid, nil nil. Barcelona one zero. Yeah, I mean those are two big Real teams Madrid that they are a team that can be attacked. They can be attacked. So here's the thing. Every single Liverpool goal was caught. Most of Liverpool's goals, I think maybe the fourth and the seventh, were aside, were all caused by lapses in judgment, bad defending, mm-hmm. and just a lack of, a, a general lack of effort. Because mm-hmm. uh, you, you saw, 
all the time, just jogging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like on that seventh goal, Malasia comes up to press Jones, which he should not be doing. Mm-hmm. That's not his man because McTominay's left his man. Mm-hmm. Then he jogs back when Salah gets put through. Now it's three on three, and you can't have three on three defensively because that's just a disaster. Mm-hmm. Firmino gets goal side of Delo. He's out of the game, and it's just a, it was just that easy. That, that and that was the seventh goal. It, it just a microcosm of how bad the team was. Mm-hmm. You're totally right. Yeah, you think? Here's my question. Do you think if you were to rate the players' performances in that game out of ten? Do you think how many Manchester United players get over a one? Probably like at best three. I think De Gea. The only goal I think De Gea should be doing better on is the third. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gakpo's second goal. Um, because it, really there was not much he could do. Yeah. Can anybody help him out? De Gea is going to take the blame, but. You can't. He's the one. He's the one player that can take some sauce from his performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he only made one save, mm-hmm. but Liverpool were just all over them. Yeah, it's not easy to save one on ones. Mm-hmm. And Marcus Rashford was nowhere two in the game too. Marcus Rashford, he didn't track back. Neither did Anthony. Veghorst did nothing. Fernand, Fernandez was the worst player in the pitch. Oh my gosh. Casemiro Casemiro had his worst game probably of his career. I wouldn't say career, but probably in a United shirt for sure. I, I think of his career. He was incredibly consistent at, at Madrid. Mm-hmm. But worst game in his career at career at United for sure. So that's that. That's not even a question. Yeah. I think. I think probably of his career too. Martinez definitely his worst. Mm-hmm. Um, Shaw probably uh, Shaw is up there. It's mm-hmm. up there with one of his worst. Delo probably his worst. Varane mm-hmm. probably his worst. No one covered us up in glory, to be honest. Yeah, I think really there's only a couple of them that actually have played worse in a single game than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Martinez. I'm, Martinez is far and away mm-hmm. the worst he's ever played. Yeah, like he was bad at the start of the season for those first couple games. Uh, the losses to Brighton and then Brentford. Mm-hmm. He was bad. Don't get me wrong, but he was not nearly yeah. as bad in those games as he was here. It was just like every time somebody attacked, he could have been sent off. He had a pretty dumb tackle, frankly, on Gakpo that mm. probably could have been a red card. Um, and I, th- I think that's kind of his nature is that he makes he's not compo he he lost his composure. Mm-hmm. You have to to be a good set to be a world class center back. You have to be composed. Yeah. Once you lose your composure, now especially cause center backs, center backs that aren't composed. That's the easiest way to get sent off. Making tackles like that, you're you're asking to be sent off. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we can talk Fernandez too. There's no, I I don't understand how he wasn't sent off. Because you saw that dive on Kanade, that that, that was a that was just yeah. Uh, he was five feet behind him. Mm-hmm. He, he's nowhere near him. He just falls over and starts holding his face. Like, mm-hmm. come on! Like, I don't, I don't care that it's, it's not like in the box and it, it's not. VA, but VAR should be able to check for that. Mm-hmm. Like, VAR should be able to check for for yellow cards. Uh, just, just passively while the game is going on. And I think, but yeah, that should be okay. And then shoving a ref should be another yellow card. I totally get that. When 
next but let's yeah go I, I think it's it's ridiculous yeah but next let's go into the arsenal game because that's a statement win from arsenal that's a huge win for arsenal if i when i look at this if arsenal going to win the title there's this game three was the moments turn. i'm gonna look for was the turning point. Oh, by the way uh sporting have just scored oh that's good but for against arsenal arsenal but <laughs> That's Europa League, but yeah. it's still time to come back. But Arsenal, the Holy Grail is a Premier League. I want the Premier League right now. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, 100 points is still available. Mm-hmm. No, that's not true, actually. That's not. No, 99. Mm-hmm. But still, when I look at this Arsenal team, though, the Jorginho goal, this Reese Nelson goal, and Eddie Nikitia goal at United, those are three big moments. They are title-winning moments. Because... Especially this Reese Nelson, he comes back out of nowhere. Yeah, he's just come in and and been incredibly impressive. I mean, this is a game that shows like United that United don't have what Arsenal has, and that's the mentality. Because because I think if United find themselves two 0 down at home to Bournemouth, I don't think they come back. I think they fold. And this is Arteta. This is Arteta's plan coming through. The time he gave Edo. The time he gave Arteta. It's paying off because what I this, saw. This 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 Arsenal team reminds me of Liverpool's title winning team, where even when they they got in trouble, they found a way. Mm-hmm. And it also reminds me of the old United team under Ferguson, because everyone could step up. Because Reese Nelson stepped up nowhere near the team, really, to be honest. The way he he's able to come onto the pitch, he assists one, he, and then scores again, and then yeah. scores in the ninety seventh minute, by the way. Yeah. And the way he takes a ball down too, he could have taken it first time, and I think the chance would have been going. He waits for it to go on the second hop, takes it down, controls it, and smashes it while getting closed down. And had the composure to do that, and nine and seven minute when it's going away from you, and the title race changes, the momentum was in City's corner right there. I was just sitting there and thinking, this might be it. This might be where Arsenal fold. And to see that is just a big moment. And I think it just shows Arteta's mentality that he's selling the team that anyone could come up and make a play to win them a title. Yeah, I think they showed that they. this is a team that is absolutely able to win a title. And I think this is a team that's going to be here for years to come. Because when I see this, the young players This is they a have, very young. I, th- I believe this is the youngest starting. They average the youngest starting 11 in the Premier League. And when I look at it, Saka, Martinelli, Trussard, Gabriel Jesus when he comes back. But he's still going to be a big player, big player for them, though. That's what I'm talking about. All these big yeah, players. Yeah, he's 28. <laughs> I'm talking about, but all these big players though that are going to contribute. Yeah, even like, with the young players in the U too. Even like Gabriel Jesus is 25. Martinelli is 21, and Kedia is 23. Um, ben Smith, White, Smith Rowe, 22. Ben White's going to be a big contributor. Saka, 21. Gabriel, yeah, Ben White, 25. Gabriel Maganellas and William Saliba, young center backs, two pairs. Gabriel, 25. Saliba, 21. They're going to be a future. Ramsdale, 24. This is a future of Arsenal Football Club right here, and we are seeing it. Even Kivior, who hasn't made his league debut yet, 23. Yeah, but it's just, isn't it impressive, though, to see how this young team has went, has grown up so fast, though? Yeah, it absolutely is. Because I think... in Odegaard is 24. And, and some of these guys, too, were ran off as flops. Odegaard ran off as a flop. Saka, they said he was just... Academy player. Also, Fabio Vieira, 22. And I just think, even Ramsdale. Ramsdale, they said he was just a relegation goalkeeper. The the brilliance about Ramsdale. When Ramsdale, Ramsdale's adapted really well to Arsenal. 
when I saw that the brilliance, because I thought it was a bad sign to see the brilliance that Edu had in the vision. The vision that Edu has, he has to be. It makes me think he's a superhero because Edu, the sporting director, all these decisions he has made has paid off. And I just can't wait to see because I think they could compete with Liverpool with City for years to come. Yeah, and even and in Europe too. I think this season from Liverpool will be a one-off. I don't think they're going to be this bad next mm-hmm. season. I think they will be in a title fight. And I think it's. I think Arsenal's going to be there too. Because I, I think. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be a three-horse race next season. I think it's going to be Liverpool. It's going to be City. It's going to be Arsenal. And I think in Europe too, they could compete in the Champions League too with Europe's elite. Yeah, I mean, this season just seems like a down year for Europe, for for the best European teams in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, Liverpool are are struggling. Mm-hmm. PSG are already out. Um, Man City aren't as mm-hmm. good as they should be. Um, Barcelona are out of the Champions yeah, League but they, and out of the Europa League. Mm-hmm. I think Real Madrid, Real Madrid are like ten points back in La Liga. Mm-hmm. But because the, 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 the reality is right now, I think the best team in Europe is Napoli. But the one thing I have to tell all of them is watch out for Arsenal next year. You don't want. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, Arsenal are in the Champions are going to be in the Champions League next year. I don't yeah. think there's any way that doesn't happen. But watch out because this Arsenal team is scary. They're hungry. They're young, and they fear no one. You think if Arsenal lost every game for the rest of the season, they would still make the Champions League? Yeah. But yeah, I the, think so, too. I think so, too. Yeah, the other there's, thing, too. There's 36 points to play for, and mm-hmm. they are 22 points uh, mm-hmm. uh, ahead of fifth. Yeah. So The other thing, too, I have to say is just that they're not – They're not. This, this team is naive to a point, but it's good naivety because they don't fear no one. They look at it, and they look at – at City, they look at Liverpool, they look at all the base coming around, they think I could go there because they don't have that fear. They're young, they think nothing could happen. And that's scary because it just looks like United when Sir Alex Ferguson was coming through and building up this team. It took a few years. They wanted him out. But now we're seeing the potential because when Arteta was, was one, when people were calling for Arteta's head and to be sacked, I don't think no one saw this come. I thought Arteta could come good, but I didn't think not this fast because no, it's absolutely. amazing. I thought, you know, I thought Arsenal would be a better team this year. I did not think they were even giving me a title fight though. And this just shows to every to every club out there, even the Chelsea. I'll give Chelsea benefit down right now, even though we say for Graham Potter, if they could turn around, they could just ride through the wave, stick with the guy. Because m- maybe you, kn- maybe who knows? In three years, this could be Chelsea right here. Yeah, I think Chelsea are in a. In a- huge hole right now but they they've signed a few young players that 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 are going to be world class Enzo Enzo Fernandez is going to be world class mm-hmm. um but are they've just not put it together I mean they're hanging on to the top half of the table for dear life I mean they're ahead of Aston Villa on goal differential yeah. they're I think they're not they're at a point I think where they're safe from getting dragged into a relegation fight mm-hmm. Because uh, they're seven points ahead of Palace and twelfth, um, yeah. and it, the Palace only five points safe at the drop. Mm. Like they are not that. Like they're they're closer to the drop than they are to the top four. Yeah, but but what I'll say though is that although this is a bad scene for Chelsea, sometimes you need bad scenes to help build something great, like Arsenal had. And by the way, uh, Liverpool are at, Liverpool are about to break it. Liverpool with a win. Uh, if they win that game in hand, I think it's against Chelsea. Mm-hmm. It's considered to be the game in hand. Um, they are in the top four. Mm. All right, let me ask you this. 
who's your top four at when the Premier League season ends? You want it in an order? Champion down the top four. And give me fifth and sixth, too. Arsenal first, and City, Liverpool, United, Newcastle, Tottenham. Arsenal, who's third again? United? Liverpool. Liverpool? And United's fourth. Yeah. And you said Newcastle fifth and Tottenham sixth. Yes. I think it's Arsenal, City, United, Liverpool, Tottenham, Newcastle. Who gets the last European spot? And why is it Brighton? It's Brighton. I think it's Brighton. I think it's Brighton. I love what Roberto De Zerbi is doing. I just love it. But where does Chelsea finish? I'm going to say 10th. I'll say 9th. But it's still bad season. I think Graham Potter... Brentford are, Brent, Brentford are four points ahead of them with a game in hand. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I, I think I think Brighton, Brentford, Fulham, Chelsea. Rounds in the top half. I think I, Villa stay where they are. I think. And then there's right. Who goes down? No, first before that, though, I want to ask you an important question while we're still in Chelsea. Is Graham Potter sacked or does he make it to next season as Chelsea balls? I think he makes it to the end of the season. He makes it to the end of the season because of Champions League, in my opinion. Yeah. All right. I Google. think if they if they advance in the Champions League, I think he stays. I think if they if they get knocked out in the quarterfinals, like they sack him at the end of the season. I don't think. I, don't, I think just because he beat dormant, he'll stay and they'll give him time. Bully will give him time. We'll give him a little bit of time more. But who do I think goes down? Southampton and 20th. Bournemouth in 19th. And the last one, it's going to be a big call. It's a big team that's going down. A team that has been here for a long time. A team that's going to hurt a lot of their fans. And I know their fans might be on me for this one. Is it something that's going to make me very happy? Yes, Everton. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> Yeah, that's my pick. That's I think that's probably my picks as well. I do think Bournemouth will finish below Southampton, though. Mm. I th- so I think I agree with the three teams. I think Bournemouth 20th, Southampton 19th, and Everton 18th. I think it's going to be a three-way tie race between Everton, Leeds, and West Ham, though. Yeah, I think West Ham, I think West Ham have the quality to get out. But they've just been so bad recently. I think Leeds are going to be closer too. I think Leeds are going to be close. I think Leicester. I think Leicester m- might be able to pull themselves. I think Forest might get dragged in, but it looks like Forest are going to stay up. I think Forest stays up. They done just enough. I think. I think Wolves. I think Wolves and Pal. I think Wolves and above. I think I've, mm-hmm. are are pretty much set. Are yeah. I don't think are going to get dragged in. Um, I think Forest probably won't, shouldn't get dragged in. I, I think, think Leicester. City Leicester get out could. They're going to get out of it. I trust Brendan Rodgers. To yeah. get them out, I th- I think they could get dragged in. I don't think they will. I do think, I think right now, the relegation fight is the bottom five. Yeah. Obviously, things can change. Two wins, two because two wins, two wins for Southampton, mm-hmm. and they're thirteenth. <coughs> yeah, I get that. So it, I mean, it, it's anyone's game. Mm. The problem is. 
everyone has a game in everyone right now has a game in hand over Everton. Yeah. Uh, down at the bottom. They have a lot of tough games left. I don't think Everton gets out of this. They have to go to Chelsea. They have to play Brentford. They have to play Tottenham. They have to go to United. They have to play Fulham all in a row. They have to play five top, five top half teams all in a row. They also have to play Newcastle. They have to go to Brighton. They have to play City. They have to play eight of the top ten. They're not getting out. I'm sorry. Everton goes down. All right. Everton, yeah, Everton has to play eight of the top ten. Yeah. All right, but on that note, why don't we go to the Champions League because there was three notable big games this week. Let's start with the Tuesday one, Chelsea Dortmund. What do you? What's your opinion on that game, Anthony? I don't think the penalty should have been retaken. I don't think it either, but Chelsea deserves to go through, in my opinion. Chelsea but over yeah, two legs, three true. enough chances. Dortmund, it just shows that Dortmund doesn't have the firepower to compete, really, to be honest. No, they're, Chelsea they're not is ready. Tend. I mean, they're they're a strong team. The problem is this was probably their last chance to make a run. Yeah, cause because Chelsea, Bellingham's gone at the end of the season. I think we all know that. Chelsea was intent to, this is the worst, that's your worst team, worst big team you're probably ever going to face in a long time. And the fact that you couldn't take advantage of it is just shocking. Yeah, I mean, I, they definitely should have done better. Yeah, because even in the first, like, two, Chelsea created a lot of chances. They just couldn't put it away. And even this, it took a Raheem Sterling missed shot on the first try and a bad and a bad tackle by one of the Dortmund defenders, and Sterling shoots it in to score their first goal. And it takes a penalty. Like, Chelsea created a lot of chances. They just couldn't finish, but still... You had to do better, and Dortmund really didn't create nothing because Dortmund tried to play too defensive, which I don't understand why because Dortmund really had not never been known for defending. They should have been on the front foot. Chelsea was there for a taking. Let's move on to Bayern and PSG. Another another year, another story of PSG collapsing in Europe. Without Neymar. They said remove Neymar, the problem's going to be over. I don't think no. that's true. I think PSG needs to build a whole project up. Messi... I love Messi, but Messi, you can't build around Messi. He's too old. You can build around Mbappe, but Mbappe's Mbappe's got a colossal ego. Mbappe's leaving. Yeah, I think he's going to go. I think he ends up at Madrid. And you can't build around Neymar. You can't build around Neymar, no. I I think you build up, you build around young players. And even Diop Upamakano had a great game. He is from a Paris neighborhood. So is Coleman. And Kingsley Coleman, too. I forgot. And those two are good enough for P- P- good enough to play for Bayern Munich, but PSG didn't think they were good enough to play for them. This is a problem. PSG Basel goes all these superstars. PSG's academy has 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 some great players in it, but they all leave because no game time. Yeah, PSG produces some unreal talents. There are some great French talent, but they don't have the playing time. They can't stick around in PSG. That's why, because PSG doesn't give them an opportunity to shine. Yeah, I mean, off the bench, today, uh, coming off the bench today, they brought two players on that are younger than me. Wow. I am, I am one of the youngest people on this campus. Mm-hmm. They brought on two players that are both younger than me. Just wow. Warren Zaire Emery turned 17 two days before we were recording. He was born on March 7th, 2006. Wow. 
Elchadop. That's I mean that's over a year younger than me. That's mm-hmm. like high school junior age. Yeah. And then El Shaddai Bichiabu, 17, born, it turns 18 in May. I mean, these are, like, they're producing They're producing them. They just have to, they have to build on what they produce. I mean, yeah. you look at their bench in this game and. Build around the youth, I think. Stop with all these big player signings. They had four, four young academy players on their bench. When I look at this, PSG it's just a group of players, individuals. They're not a team. Difference is Bayern, PSG has better players than Bayern, I think. Bayern is more of a team. Because I'll say this right now. Alfonso Davies played better than the whole Bayern Munich, I mean the whole PSG team, I think. Yeah, I think so. And he wasn't even man of the match. It's Chupa Moting, who, former PSG, by the way. PSG didn't think he's good enough. He is good enough for PSG. And what a story for Chupa Moting, though. Going from Stoke to PSG, then to Bayern, that's yeah. crazy. But he's good enough to if he's, he's, good, he's enough, good enough to be there. If he's good enough to play for Bayern Munich in the round of sixteen and score, he's good enough for PSG. This is a problem. He's PSG. having a really good season too. PSG need all these flashy players, bling bling. No, they don't. You guys need a team first before you can add all this flash. Because this is a team. Yeah, Messi is good. Yeah, Mbappe is good, but it's not the same. The difference, you want to know what the difference between Messi on Argentina and Barcelona is and the difference between Messi at PSG is? Messi was able to walk still at Argentina and Barcelona his whole time. They had players that were playing for Messi that were defending their heart out for Messi and that were allowing Messi to walk. Even on Argentina during the World Cup. To be fair, that's probably not a good thing. But still, it still worked. And, yeah, that's, I mean, why I let it, and that's why I'll give Messi benefit that worked at the World Cup. It worked for Barcelona all these times. So I can't really, so I can't really say it's it's because Messi walking. But also, yeah, I will give Messi the benefit of the doubt because he is thirty five. Yeah, he's not physically what he was. Yeah, and also so for he Messi, can't what press Messi has the done same way he can. He two. can't be in a front two. Messi should not be in a front yeah. two. Messi should either be an attacking midfielder full time, or play in a front three. Mm-hmm. And also, the other thing too is that from what Messi had done for a sport, you could let give him that leeway. Exactly, and that's why I will give Messi the benefit yeah, of the doubt. But I do think he should be working harder. Yeah, uh, especially in a system where mm-hmm. not everyone, it, it, where it's not, mm-hmm. it's not like Messi is the star. Messi is the unquestionable star because Messi is not the best player mm-hmm. on this team. Yeah, but the but thing is too, Mbappe needs to work because Mbappe is Mbappe. Young. But Mbappe, Mbappe, there's no excuse for Mbappe is. I I hate it physically for in his prime. And he can't track back. He does not track back. You have not you done what Messi has done. in your prime. You should not be not tracking back. Even, like, yeah, Messi should still be tracking back, but he has a little bit of leeway because he's not in his physical prime. And also because what he has won World Cups, Ballon d'Ors, Copa Americas, Champions League, La Liga titles. I think I think doing being not tracking back because of that is very arrogant. Yeah, but you have to get you – could, you could get Messi a leeway because it's but you, Messi – yeah, I think he shouldn't be able to not track back because of who he is. Mm-hmm. I think that's the absolute opposite of the yeah. way that Messi is portrayed. I get it, but the other, but what I'm saying is that I could, you could, Messi has won all that, right? What has Mbappe done compared to Messi? Mbappe has no Ballon d'Ors. Mbappe has one World Cup where he's playing for France, an unbelievable team that's incredible players. He has never won a Champions League. 
no Euros, just League Untitled. And to be honest, that's not that hard to win when you're playing for PSG. It's expected. So that's what my point is. Mbappe, I hate it for a French national team, and I hate it for PSG too. Track back. Track back. I mean, I, I do think Messi should not be given the... I think Messi's only leeway is that he's 35. Mm-hmm. I think it's the only leeway he really should have. In an ideal world, that's the only leeway he gets. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, he should still be tracking back, at least to some extent. Mm-hmm. Yes, not as much as Mbappe, but to some extent he should be involved defensively. Neymar is also not involved defensively. Um, and that's the thing. Like When mm-hmm. you're playing, when all three of them are on the pitch, you're effectively yeah. you're defending with eight. Another thing, too, is that I look at... I'll take Messi, for instance. Messi at the World Cup and Messi at PSG right now. There are two different players. Messi at the World Cup looked unbelievable because he had players because around he had, him. I think, he, I think what it is, he had more desire. It's desire, and also he had players around him that were willing to play for him. These players at PSG aren't willing to play for Messi. Mbappe's not willing to play for Messi. Neymar isn't willing to play for Messi. He had players like Alvarez, Martinez, Rodrigo de Paul. Sandro Paredes, that were beasts that were willing to play for Messi, that would have died for Messi. These players aren't going to die for Messi. That's the thing. Messi has had that Barcelona too, which has always allowed him do, to walk around and be himself. And that's the thing. I'm that's the thing I'm seeing at PSG compared to all these other times. I mean, I think being willing to die for one player is not a good thing. I think that's. But it's, Messi, it's that there's so many egos in that team. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that Messi? Messi isn't like an outspoken ego guy, mm-hmm. but he does. There is an ego there. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's not the ego that Mbappe is when he's all. Oh, I'm the best. He knows he's the best. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say go and say he's the best, but his behavior tells you he knows he's the best. Not because tr- not tracking back when you're Messi. Like because he knows he's the best. He knows he's the best player of all time. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say it because that would be bad PR, mm-hmm. but he knows it. And mm-hmm. I think that's a thing. I think that's the thing you have, you have to be aware of. Like, But I think really, like, you're not bigger than the team is. Mm-hmm. Even, I don't care how good you are, you're not bigger than the team. Yeah. To me, though, it all comes down to different years, same old parents, St. Germain. They're probably sad, Galtier. Galtier isn't really the problem. It comes down to the players now and the team. I think it is in the players. I think Galtier is a good manager. It's the players. But he's not a good PSG. You need a man manager in there. No, you need a warrior. You need someone like Jose, someone like Pep, someone like that, Klopp. And that's what I mean. That's what I mean, like a man manager, somebody who yeah. isn't – because Galtier, he's a tactician. But but he doesn't have the one – he doesn't have the man management yeah. skills. Cause they need someone that's not going to put up with this. Pep, Jose – even Zidane, Klopp, Klopp they're not going to take this stuff. Carlo Ancelotti. Ancelotti, he will not take He's not going to put up with it. You need to get the team to fall in, right? You're playing for the team. You're playing for the thing on the, you're playing for the name on the front, not in the back. Yeah. But the thing is, the PSG team, they're playing for the names in the back. That, and that's why, that's why they can't, because they're, they're not really a team. They're a group of individuals. They are. They're just a group of highly paid Individuals incredibly highly paid. Mbappe is the highest played, the highest paid player in Europe. And for the performance I saw to make make Mbappe highest paid player was not good enough. No, he wanted more. 
than just the 90 million a year pay package. He wanted control over. He wanted the team to be built around him, which is fair. Um, but he also wanted control of who comes and who goes, and, mm-hmm. and that's what it took for him to stay. And I think you know at that point it, it kind of it, it went to his head. Mm-hmm. Finally, though, let's talk on Tottenham. What do you think about that? I think it was. I think it was coming. I think it was a long time coming. You know what the expression for that is? I use a Spursy performance <laughs> in a Spursy way. It would be the Arsenal fan to bring up the Spursy, but yeah, it's true. It was Spursy. It was Spursy. There's a. It's a joke called Spursy because we expect this from Spurs to bottle games like this, to bottle good opportunities. The last three games, Sheffield United they lost to. It took them of one game to get back two games to get back Wrexham actually they they tied and they had to play replay right yes Wrexham didn't play their their starters Wrexham actually rested a lot of players and it took them a mixed penalty to get by Wrexham and they were able to beat Spurs 1-0 that defines it Wolves 2-0 I think and then this you played two games against AC Milan but the players you have, Son, Richarlison, Kruzevsky, all these guys, Kerry Kane, and you can't score one goal? This was poor. This was a poor performance. And to be honest, if AC Milan was clinical, they could have put it away in the second half. It wouldn't even be this close. No, and especially after the rain card, it w- the tie was done. Because Origi, Origi uh, Romero, had a good chance. Romero was... Romero, I mean, Romero was... Similar to Lissandra Martinez, he is prone to bad tackles. Mm-hmm. He will get sent off if you don't keep him in check. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And now Conte's future is in trouble. Conte's not going to stay. Conte's out. No, Conte's entirely gone. I don't see how Conte stays. And I don't know, think she. I don't think he should have left Inter. And you know what's the funny thing too about Conte's press conference after the game? He says that oh Tottenham can't Tottenham can't compete and stuff like this. He said AC Milan is a better team. He said they won Serie A last year. This year they're fifth in the league. You're telling me you're fourth in the league right now. AC Milan is in fifth in the league. You're in the Premier League. Premier League is way better than Serie A. More high competition. And you're telling me this is your excuse saying oh they went from champions of a Serie A and this no. You got the time. You brought your players in. There's no thing. He's taking the energy out of the fan base because he's saying, oh, this and that, and the way he plays too. Conte needs to lead. This just seems like a marriage that should never happen, that they just got together because, oh, let's just get together. I'm bored, and it's not working out, and you could tell. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I mean, I think it just wasn't the right fit. I think sacking I think sacking Jose was the biggest mistake. Mm-hmm. That, that, I mean, that was just not the right move. Yeah. Because he he could have kept these guys in line. Yeah, mm. it was they were not great. But mm. so last year they got knocked out in this group stage. They didn't get out of the group in the conference league. Yeah, which is just ridiculous. To I be think on- you know you should be winning that. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't even want Spurs to make it because I know Spurs make the Champions League again. They're not going to do anything. They're going to Spurs it up because it's Spurs. Like to be my in my opinion, Harry Kane needs to leave. I, I think you're right. And 
it might be already too late. He's not going to Arsenal. He's not going to Chelsea. United, maybe, but is United going to pay the money for him? Real Madrid is fine. Barcelona is fine. Bayern Munich could maybe use him. Bayern Munich could use him. Maybe PSG, depend on what happens, too. But, yeah, maybe I, Serie A, but I don't really see him going to Serie A. I, really, I mean, really, I don't see him going. I think it's either it's United or Bayern. It's Madrid or it's Bayern. I don't think Madrid goes in. I think I think it's United or Munich. To be honest, I don't even know if Munich would pay that money for him or United at his age. Yeah, because he's what, like 29, 30? 30, I think. He's 30. Yeah. So we have run out of time for this episode. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to episode 16 of Soccer Spotlight. Again, Anthony Heller, Ryan Campbell on WQSU FM, The Pulse. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll see you in the next episode of Soccer Spotlight.